Welcome to Beyond the Game, Wealth Mastery for Athletes. I'm your host, Chris Benson, joined by nine-year NFL vet, Alec Ogletree. Beyond the Game is a podcast where we will provide a playbook for financial growth, both on and off the field. Join us each week as we have an in-depth conversation with other professional athletes who've mastered the art of wealth creation. They're going to share their triumphs, setbacks, and maybe some lessons learned so you don't make the same mistakes. Join us. We think you're going to enjoy it. Welcome to Beyond the Game. Today, we had Dominique Easley as our guest, five-year NFL vet, Super Bowl champ. He let us wear the ring. He waved around in Alex's face as much as he could. Three things you're going to love on this episode. Number one, how to get fired from McDonald's in four days. Number two, how to pay $100,000 for a car that you do not own anymore. And number three, the importance of finding a mentor on your journey through your career, after your career financially. Dominique shared a lot of intimate stories with us. You're going to love them. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to Beyond the Game. I'm Malik Ogletree with my host, uh, Chris Benson, and a very special guest uh, here, brother. Known him for a long time. Uh, we've known each other since high school. Uh, playing in the Under Armour game, first time <laughs> me do. <laughs> That's a crazy story about that. But, uh, yeah, obviously, Dominic Easley here. Um, went to Florida. Appreciate got drafted. Uh, well, you got drafted by New England. Yeah, New, New England, England first, right? And then uh, we met up again uh, in L.A. with the Rams, and uh, it went on to play and retire. And now, now we have him here. So appreciate you coming on, bro. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me, man. All Thank you for having me. Dominique, before we start, I, Alec put it on the couch. I don't know if the video can yeah, see. You Do know. you want to hold up your trophy, Alec? I want to show everybody what you did. Just in case y'all were wondering what I did. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm really playing tennis. Yeah, I'm really out here. I'm yeah, like, really <laughs> playing tennis. <laughs> hey, people ask me why I'm working out. This is why. It's a whole tennis. Chase trophy? This is the first start. That's dope, man. Congratulations, man. Congrats. That's Proud. Dope. That's dope. He's a star athlete. Yeah. He's falling far a long way. Mm-hmm. Right. Now he's the T two tennis. Whip it up on people. So so is that is that for the city? What city is that in though? Is that like it's, it's Atlanta? Like, oh, it's okay. like just Atlanta around the Georgia area. Really? And what's T two mean? Um, don't know. That's the name. <laughs> that's the name of the league. The name of the league is T two tennis. Okay. Right? Okay. So. They have singles, doubles, all that stuff, right? This is singles right here. Mm-hmm. The okay. singles champion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't know. Get the win. <laughs> on the clay court, too. <laughs> That's dope, man. Big, That's for sure. Big That's game. Right. Dominique, how, so walk us through, um, how did you start football? Like, where did that come from? Was that a lifelong thing for you? No, not at all. Um, I actually, I don't watch football at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know too much about it. <laughs> He's not lying. Uh, <laughs> and, and you, I, uh, uh, I started playing in high school. I started, really? yeah, because well, I tried. To, I tried to play when I was a kid. So yeah. I'm from New York, from Staten Island, New York. So back back home, we used to have. I don't know. I don't know if it was like this in the South. Did y'all have weight limits? Yeah, yeah, I had weight. See, yeah, yeah so we had like, weight limits. So I was too fat. I was the kid that used to run around with the garbage bag. <laughs> yeah, try to cut weight and never made weight. So I just, At how old? Like 10, 12? Nah. Uh, yeah, probably like, yeah, probably like 10, 12. Yeah, yeah, 10, 12. Yeah, I was a fat kid growing up. So I just said, I just never paid attention to it. And then um, my, ju- my, 
My he's sweaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now nah, he know. He I'm a sweaty. I'm a hooper. Yeah, that's what I do. Like, I play both. Did you play basketball growing up? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, my only scholarship that I did get from basketball was Boston College. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you were yeah. a player. Yeah, I played. Yeah, I played. But my brother played. So going into high school, I always wanted. To, I knew I was gonna wind up playing because he was playing, and then um, there was this like little. Junior league, it, it was like a, a clinic. It was kind of like a clinic when mm-hmm. they played like, I think it was three front linemen, mm-hmm. two line. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Like that type was of league. Was it tackle or flag? It, it was tackle. It was tackle. Um, and then they had me playing safety. <laughs> they had me playing safety. So I went into high school. So I played in that league. Then I got recruited by my the high school that my brother went to. But I wasn't zoned for it. Okay. You know, um, so the coach just knew me because my brother and everything. So when I went to high school, I thought I was going to be playing linebacker. So I remember, <laughs> I remember the first time we for practice that everybody was just seeing what you, what you can do, mm-hmm. where you want to be. So I lined up at linebacker. Oh, no. That wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> that, wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't for me. So I just put my hand in the dirt and just started having some fun. Mm-hmm. So you started playing football junior year. No, no, no. Freshman year. Freshman. Freshman. Yeah, oh, okay. Freshman. So when you went to high school and you played your whole high school. Yeah, yeah. I played my whole high school career. I I wanted, say, that's I wanted an incredible to, recruiting journey. I, I, I wanted to quit my freshman year, though. After my freshman year, I wanted to stop playing. I, just wanted, I just wanted to play ball. I ain't really, I ain't like it. I ain't, I ain't like it. It was cool, but I just love ball. Ball and baseball. Huh. Those were my first two sports. That was your two gloves. Yeah. So well, then how did football play out? Like, were you just better at football than? Yeah, like by time, so... Played my freshman year, then moved up to varsity at the end of my freshman year. Sophomore year, that's when, like, we, so we had the best play in New York my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was getting all the recruits, all the um, coaches of North, all the uh, colleges up North was coming down to see him. So they'll see me. And then, um, honestly, after the season, what had happened was I coattailed him. Like he, like his work ethic was different. Mm-hmm. His work ethic was different. So I literally, like, I wake up in the morning, I call him. Where you at? We either go to the gym first, or we go to school. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I remember this. Our schedule was after, and this was after my sophomore year. It was I go to school, um, track practice. I ran. <laughs> you ran fifty fives. <laughs> I ran, I ran the 55. So I did track. I did, after, yeah, so we was in school, went downstairs, did track practice, um, lifted, uh, went to my homeboy's crib, went to another gym, then went to my rivalry high school. We used to hop the gate and then run 300s. You used mm. to run 10 300s. Mm. And then that was that out every, right, yeah, yeah, that was out every day. So it was right. like that work ethic was really just like, just shot me through the roof that next year. Good for you. Yeah. Did did that? Did you know at that point? Hey, I'm staying with football. Or was was in your mind like what were you thinking about that you had a shot after school playing college? Everything or uh, by 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 my junior year because I was playing AAU. Okay. So that's when college started looking at me when I was playing ball. So by my by the time we got into my junior year, I still wanted to play basketball. Mm-hmm. But my junior year of high school, at the end of my season, I got hurt the last game of the season. So. I couldn't go into playing basketball my junior year, so mm-hmm. just kind of I just stopped playing ball, high school ball. Got it. Well, high school like high school organized. We always play AAU and stuff like that. Got it. Yeah. Then he ended up 
I swear, the first time I met him, <laughs> yeah, we go to the so in the high school is the Under Armour All American game, right? So how do you get to the Under Armour? All-American? What do they ball you? Yeah. show your ass through, yep. during the season. Yep. You got to, you got to you show got your to. ass. So they, they take a couple kids from each state, or how's it work? Nah, I mean, they can be from anywhere. Oh, okay. there, there was no, there was nobody from New York. Nah, I was the only person from New York. Okay, yeah, he might have been the first person yeah. I ever met from New York. Yeah, I was the first person ever from New York to go to the Under Armour game. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. the game wasn't even that long. It was only like, like a three couple years, years old right? yeah, like, when we went. Yeah, like three and, years. Uh, yeah, it was me, him, Mac, <laughs> Mac Brown, all of them down. You remember DeMar Dorsey? Yeah. <laughs> I was just looking at those highlights, too. I still got the case. Yeah. Yeah, I still got the CD and everything. I still got the I CD. Need, I need to get mine. Yeah, we killed. And that was your first exposure to high level football. Was that like first kind of travel ball? Get exposed at a yeah, national level? Yeah, because I, I I never I never played like I never went to no camps. I never yeah. did none of that right. stuff. So I never like actually competed for football outside of mm-hmm. New York. I mean, I, yeah, I never competed for football outside of New York. Same. Okay. You know I mean? Here in Georgia, at my high school. Yeah, they're like, yeah, you going down? Remember we drove down. Parents and all, we drove down to oh, for, St. Yeah, Peter, yeah. St. Petersburg, whatever it was. And, uh, but yeah, man, <laughs> like a dude get on the dang bus, right? <laughs> like, but I ain't going, I ain't going to no, I ain't no curfew. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, at, at, uh, at, uh, the, I think it was the Army game, they had like a curfew in there. Yep. So, like, our game, they didn't really give us a curfew like that, yeah, but they were just out. Make sure y'all Disney world. <laughs> make sure y'all uh are here in the morning to go to practice and all this stuff. No, like, no girls going. in the room. <laughs> I had my girlfriend sleeping. She was in South Carolina. <laughs> I had her sleeping in the room. Who you room who you room with? It was Matt. I was rooming with Matt. Matt. Oh, oh, man. I, I room with, with Jordan Hicks. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was with Jordan yeah, Hicks. Yeah, yeah. I was rooming with Matt guys out there. He and that snoring and shit. I already know. <laughs> That's right. crazy. But yeah, yeah. No, so we like I said, ended up doing that. They obviously playing at Georgia. You was on the white team. Mm, no, yeah, yeah. You was on the white team. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he he was like the top. So all the all the like number ones and number twos and some number threes was on the white team. So the whole week they just kept. Yeah, they going the black team gonna get like smacked and all that. Like we was gonna lose. Nah, it wasn't a whole different. <laughs> hey, it wasn't a whole different, a whole different way. I don't think we could compete with them ass to save our life. <laughs> That's a fact. I know. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, yeah, Michael Dwyer. Yep, yeah. yeah, Michael Dwyer. Yeah, um, I remember Joe Montana was that. And that Joe Montana son was in that mm-hmm. game too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So was that your first exposure where you knew like, hey, I can compete at this level? Because I mean, you're playing yeah, upstate, no. or you're playing New York football. Like, it's not the same as that. No, nah, no. Nah, honestly, that that actually was like going into it. Our he the same size go- <laughs> right now that he was in high school. That's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, going going into it, I remember getting off the plane. I seen Michael Dwyer mm-hmm. getting off the plane. The first thing he actually said, "Oh yeah, y'all got football in New York." So I went there with a chip on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I did because everybody, that's the first thing everybody kept asking me to do it. So I just had to go there. I had to, I couldn't let that slide. So was that was that the transition to where you started recruiting for football? Um, no, nah, right. That that's that was when I moved from like fit, number 54 in the country to like five. Okay. After that game. 
So you made a name for yourself there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's where it started. And yeah, well. And you went University of Florida? Yeah. Really. And you were University of Florida or Meyer days, right? Yeah, my first year. Was Tebow there? No, no, no. So my, my first year is when the year that they left. Okay. Yeah, the last year, Irv's last year. Okay. And yeah, no, that wasn't that. What did you study there? Um. So my first major, <laughs> <laughs> well, my first my first major was was communications. Okay. Right. Then my second major was sociology. Uh-huh. Then my third major was history. Crazy, okay. right? Yeah. So we so and and that was just more so um, picking and guessing because I wanted to do honestly. I went there. I went to college wanting to be a lawyer, mm-hmm. but they told us that we couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> they the team? No, no not literally like. like yeah, you have certain, you got certain like because you can't commit to the academics. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what they tell us. It's gonna certain be too hard. Certain you can pick. Like we could do it, but they just telling us it's gonna be too hard for us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like they can switch around the schedule to make it work, but they're just not allowing us to do it because they think it's gonna interfere with us with football. Yeah, exactly. Play ball. So did you graduate? No, really? no, no, no. I ain't graduating. I'm back in school right now. Okay. I'm taking two classes. I'm going back for my um my bachelor's. Okay. And then I want to get my real estate. I want to get my master's in real estate development. Okay. Yeah. So good for you. Yeah. You always thought about it. So I guess it's kind of a little bit of a transition to that. Yeah. But, um, in terms of your real estate, that was your kind of, was it in college when you first started thinking about real estate? Was it... Growing up, nah. Until you got to the league, what was? Honestly, I ain't start. I ain't really. I ain't start thinking about real estate as being a means of a stream of income and something I love to actually do mm-hmm. until probably like three years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. To like three years ago, because like if I did, I'd have been like I would have obviously made different moves back yeah. then. But I never um after the until after the league, I never really understood what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like I never, cause I growing up, and I tell even me and my brother we have this conversation a lot. Growing up, um, and this is my brother Manny. He lived with me in high school. He's 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 from Nigeria. He's African. He's not my blood brother, but um, he lived with me in high school. But he had a family who went to college, mm-hmm. right? My my mom went to college. My father went to college, but it wasn't like they went to college for school and yeah. stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I never understood before I started getting before I started getting recruited. I never understood college. I never thought about college. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So I never had those talks about life, mm-hmm. like any path. Yeah, like I never like my mom. Not to say like they she they everybody tried their hardest. You know what I mean. Yeah, like my yeah, mom, yeah. she was a school teacher. Uh, kind she did kind pre kindergarten and pre K, um, mm-hmm. in the projects where where we was from. My father, he was in the military and and um. And then he drove the ambulance. Mm-hmm. You know, like ambulances that be picking up the old people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he drove those. Like medical transport. Yeah, and my mom worked in a group home. So I never, like, we didn't have talks about finance. We didn't mm-hmm. have talks about, like, I ain't know what. I know I know about one bank account. That's about it. And the only time I knew about a bank account was when I worked at McDonald's for four days. After <laughs> <laughs> when I got fired. So I never really had a um a passion for You worked at McDonald's for four days. Yeah, for four days. They got fired. Yeah, got fired. <laughs> <laughs> well I ain't get I technically didn't get fired. I just burnt I burnt the whole uh, thing, thing of meat and then she scraped at me. I, I was going into high school. Uh, quick little story. I was going into high school and she 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 told me to put the meat in the <laughs> 
in the cooker. Uh-huh. I burnt all the meat. So she started screaming at me. She said, go take your break. Well, I took a break. I, <laughs> I took, I took, yeah, I took the bus right back I'm, home. I'm out of here. Yeah, $24. $24. Yeah, it's, it's still, I think it's still sitting in that bank. <laughs> Richmond, Richmond County Bank. <laughs> I never touched that I ain't bank. never touched it. I ain't never touched it. It's still in that bank. So you already practiced saving. Yeah, right? <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't even know. But, yeah, but now nah, I never I never thought about real estate until about like three years ago. Man. Okay. And, and I'm glad because um, like I, I've had the opportunity to try out many different things to mm-hmm. see what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I'm mm-hmm. there. Probably made me about to ask the same question, but what are the, what are like some of those things that you tried out, like? So when I when I um honestly, it was, I think it was the first year I got hurt in the Rams. Mm-hmm. When I got hurt in the Rams that first year, um, I just wanted to not, not the first year that I was there, yeah. but the second year I was yeah, there, yeah. I got hurt, and I wanted to start doing things that like I just would never think I would think of to do. So the first, thing, <laughs> well, the first thing I do started doing was flying a plane. So I got 13 hours in the air. So that was that that was pretty cool to me. And started that, then started learning how to play the guitar. And then after, like after last time I my last year with the Rams, when I had got hurt, I felt I wanted to learn how to grow lavender. <laughs> yeah, wanted to learn how to grow lavender, and then that led me into finding a mentor. His name was Will Allen. He was in Milwaukee, so during the season, mm-hmm. I traveled back and forth to Milwaukee, learning how to grow microgreens and build aquaponic systems. <laughs> Take care of goats, chickens, and all that. You got that green thumb. Yeah, 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 bro. Wait, with it. a plan of what? Were you um, gonna run a farm, or was this just yeah, like a personal interest? Like, yeah, hey, I want to learn. It, it was a personal interest, one for health, because I had so I have sixteen. I had sixteen surgeries, three ACLs in my career. Um, so was sixteen? Sixteen surgeries. Sixteen. Sixteen. <laughs> All knees? Yeah. No. Um, no, no, no. Um, it was probably only like two. My finger, right? Yeah, this finger. Jack. Yeah, it's joint, it's joint bad, boy. That sugar bowl, <laughs> that sugar bowl. My finger, and then um, my knee, uh, my not not. I broke my tibia bone in the third grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, yeah, my knee's been jacked since I was a kid. Like my my mom, my parents, they they did me dirty, bro. No, <laughs> they, no. They, did, they did me dirty, bro. I had the. I was gonna get on that bus with you, Tom. Bro. <laughs> 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 I had um, I, I was too bow legged. I was mm-hmm. too bow legged as a baby, mm-hmm. so they put the Forrest Gump braces on my knees. Mm-hmm. But they, they put had them to on, break them. Yeah, but they put them. They left them on there too long, so that's when I. That's why I'm not me. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. what causing all my knee issues. Oh man. So did you know? I, I mean, wait. Wait, you, you just kind of glossed over that you were farming during the season, <laughs> taking care of goats and chickens. So in your head, were you thinking, this is my first game? Like, this is what I'm going to do? Or was this yeah. just hobbies? No, no, no. I, I wanted to I wanted to farm. I really, huh. Yeah, I wanted to farm. And that let me... That's the first time I've heard that. Yeah, I wanted to farm. Um, I actually, during the season, I was actually uh, looking for a house up in Jersey. And I should have got this. But I found a Christmas tree farm. Yeah, 26 acre Christmas tree farm mm-hmm. up in Jersey, but it was just too far for the kids and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I wound up buying like another piece of land. I think it was like an acre, like almost two acres. And then that's when 
microgreens, chicken. Wait, what's a microgreen? So, so you know, um, uh, it's it's literally like a spinach, but it's micro. It's just oh, like the like you know, like the little um, parsley that they put on mm-hmm. put on your food, yeah. like mm-hmm. those. Yeah, that's just microgreens. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you're growing them hydroponically, just like. Like vertically farming or no no it was it was just it was regular microgreens and trays huh. and then but there was aqua but he also taught me how to build aquaponic systems huh. yeah, aquaponic so, systems yeah so that's just like it's basically farming through fish fish okay. manure so you know how you use soil use manure mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. uh, all that biodegradable stuff but aquaponics is fish manure and it's it, it's healthier stronger mm-hmm. and so you you went to that just randomly. Yeah, or like you I saw somebody like nah. So the mother of my kids, she found she was on LinkedIn and she found um, a sustainable micro uh, micro green farmer. Yeah. Um, so she reached out to him, and then I just started. I went out to Milwaukee one week. To and yeah, and then I just told him, hey, put me, met him, came back, and I just told him put me to work. So mm. just wake up at like I used to go out there. Next day, wake up at like five o'clock in the morning, just. Farm. Yeah, he just told me. Yeah, told me how to sow, how to uh, do soils, rare worm casting, everything. It was dope. It was dope, and that led me to one. So I won my, I got my cultivation license up in New Jersey. What's a cultivation license? For cannabis. Yeah, for cannabis. So that that was kind of like the stepping stone for me learning how to grow wheat. Got mm-hmm. it. Got it. So. <laughs> Financially, you go to the league, like mm-hmm. you get drafted out of Florida. It sounds like not a lot of financial foundations for you. No. Right? I mean, you no. came out, mom and dad are putting their arm around you saying, hey, this is how you build a future no. financially. So you you come out of Florida, first round draft pick, you get paid. Mm-hmm. Probably not. What? Where'd you go in the first round? The 27th pick, I think. 20, so you yeah, 29th. Oh, yeah, he went higher than me. Oh, so you got yeah, paid. 29. Were you broke in your mom's basement the next year? No, no. So, you should have <laughs> listened to him. I was so, good that year when he came in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. so, so, so walk us through that, right? That's the first time. I mean, you grew up in the, the projects of Staten Island. Mm-hmm. This is the first time you see money, right? Yeah. The first thing I did do with my money was just buy my mom a house mm-hmm. and a car. Thing. Yeah. That was the first two things that I did buy. Um, yeah. I did, so I didn't do nothing. The only stupid, the stupidest thing that I ever did was just buy, I didn't buy the Benz outright, but what happened, it wasn't stupid, because, so I had a Benz my second year. What kind of Benz? It was a S-A-M-G, something like that. Like, it was one of them new joints, you know? Yeah, it was S-A-S-A-M-G. S-S-A-M-G, something like that. Um, so I was just like, I'm pay- I financed it, right? Mm-hmm. Stupidest thing. Financed it. And I'm and over, like, I'm just, I just feel like I'm I'm not even really paying attention to it, but I feel like I'm paying too much on the monthly. Just every time. Yeah, and I'm just like, nah, I want to rent it out. So my the mother of my kids... She started researching, to, just trying to find different ways of writing it out. You know, this was before the whole Toro. Mm-hmm. This is before this. So back then, they used to have, like, companies that would pay you to lease your car. Mm-hmm. So she found one of them, but it was a scammer. Mm-hmm. So dude wound up stealing my car. 
Right, stop. Put it in Chicago, bro. We we put up, um, like we put the police reports and everything. Everything up. Could not find, but come to find out, we wound up finding him. His name was Greg. I remember this lady. Yeah. His name was Greg. This is when I was playing for the Patriots. He, we wound up finding him, but he was locked up in jail with no money. And he had like 13 other cases with 13 other cars. Same, same deal. But I was messed up because, one, in my contract, I wasn't allowed to lease it out. So I was responsible for $100,000 car. So the next time I went to go buy a house, I couldn't buy a house until I paid that off. Oh, because you had the lien? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, car's gone. You're still paying on it. I, I paid a hundred thousand dollar. I paid a hundred thousand dollars for a car. I ain't had insurance. No insurance. No, it, it was finance. They, they insurance is not going to cover something that's not in the lease. Mm. That's a tough situation. It exactly. It's like he got it stolen, but it's like he I was, wasn't supposed. He to was be. leasing it. Yeah. So he. Kind of so calls it on himself. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know how they do. So yeah. just pissed away 100 grand. Yep, just like that. Yep. Just so, like that. so, so you got what? What was your signing bonus? Two million. Two million. Two. And then, did you know taxes? Do you have a financial no. planner? Yeah. So I had. So that's the thing. I had. I had everything in place. I'm not gonna lie. Like Why? the because that, that's that's different. Like, the mother of my kid. The mother of my kids. I'm not gonna lie. So the okay. mother of my kids. She was trying to teach me all of this before, like I was even hit to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I was just, I was, I was, I was going through a lot mentally at that point in time in life. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't in my right state of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, I had it, my CPA that I had to start my career is still my CPA now. Oh, and he like he could like when we talk, he was like, "Nah, you was a different person back then." You know what, <laughs> what I mean? I just it, it was no getting to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so I had. I had a CPA, I had a financial advisor. I didn't have, I, like, I had a financial advisor who, who didn't specifically deal with athletes because, mm-hmm. like, he had um, he had some athletes that just burnt through money. Mm-hmm. So um, I had that. I had a 501, I opened up a 5113C. So I had all these different things. From the get-go. Yeah, from Coming the get out. Exactly, from the get. But I just didn't know I had these things. Like, I was being told that I had these, but mm-hmm. at the time, I'm getting paid. I got money. I'm not listening to nobody. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. just like, that's First not... First time. Yeah, that's, that, yeah. That's, that's not something that I got to listen to, you yeah. know? Okay. I filed like three or four of mine. Oh, for real? I filed my dude from the... Before I even got my first check. Damn, that's I crazy. My <laughs> yeah, your CPA. Well, I mean, it was. I mean, I kind of almost did both a little bit, but I didn't find my agent at first. But the way mine was set up was I had my agent, and he had his financial group mm-hmm. team kind of up under him. Oh, okay. So it's all so, one thing. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. all in one thing. I didn't like that for one. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that Double at all. So people, everybody did. Yeah, I was like, man, you know what? I'm gonna fire this dude. I'm st- still kept an agent, yeah. right, but I fired the financial group, mm-hmm. whatever, before they, uh, before my first check came in and was kind of doing it by myself a little bit yeah. and got hooked up with somebody else. But for you to be like, okay, I, with the same person, yeah, in fact. it's hard. Like, yeah, nah, and, and, and that's one thing I am blessed to do it because I just, I just switched my financial advisor after I retired, mm-hmm. not because of like anything wrong. He, I was more so, I was, getting interested and more curious about actually investing mm-hmm. and my financial advisor then he was more so like he was real conservative mm-hmm. he was like he he played the market well mm-hmm. 
Like if I wanted to put my money with somebody just for the market, mm-hmm. I would I would put it with him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But he was real conservative, and at the time I wanted more. Like I wanted a financial advisor that would also introduce me to people that's doing other things mm-hmm. outside of putting this like just money into the market. Because right, it's you can be a fiduciary, but you still getting paid off my money. Sure, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So so if you're not if you, for me in my head is like. If I'm not doing something, if if you're not interested in me doing something outside of what you're doing, you're not really here for my best interest. Mm-hmm. Fair. You know? Fair. It's your money at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So so when you came out, though, you had somebody acting in your best interest? Or when you say, I couldn't hear it, does that mean you're hearing people telling you things, but you're not doing what they're saying? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, 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 straight up. Yeah, I was, pe- people... I can't even say people, the mother of my kids, mm. she was trying to push me in that right direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she was doing, she was op- like she was older than me, so she was doing all the stuff that would have been the right way to go. Yeah. But you're 21. You're 22. Yeah. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Everything coming at you at that time, yeah. too. And then I just, it, it was a real bad mental battle at that time because that's when I, because I told my ACL three games, my last three games in my college career. So I went in, I went in rehabbing. I was healthy. Then I got bit by a dog, which right a week before the draft, that set me back um, seven months. Mm. So I couldn't even rehab. So my knee got weaker. Mm-hmm. So I had to basically start my rehab all over while my dog bite was healing because it was down to the bone. So it didn't heal for six months. That dog was trying to eat you. Yeah, yeah it didn't heal. It didn't what heal. kind of dog? Is it your it was dog? My, yeah, it was, my, it was my pit. But what happened was, the 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 place that I sent him to become a, um, a service dog, they I think they abused him because he he was he was Chucky that that yeah. was Chucky. Okay. So Chucky used to run around on yeah. the field in college and stuff like that. Everybody called me Chucky for my Chucky dog, but yeah. that was like the dog um, for the school. So that happened. Uh-huh. I got bit by a dog. So I was I was just going through a lot. A lot of my family. That's when a lot of my family members started hitting me up. So a lot All of people. Right, so it was just like. The world times ten, and I wasn't I wasn't mentally dealing with it correctly. You know what I mean? Like I was just more so fighting everybody. Mm-hmm. So what did that mean financially for you? What what did that look like? I mean, were you thinking I'm operating on a budget or no? Nah, I, I was no. Nah, I wasn't. Walk us through what that thought process was. So like my first year, so I'm, I was never the type to just blow through money. You know what I mean? Like I never bought extravagant things. Like I I still this chain right here was the first thing I ever bought. It's the only only chain I got, you know what I mean. Um, so I never bought extravagant things. I I didn't I didn't allow my money to make money. Got it. You know what I mean. Um, like I made like I made smart decisions, but I didn't finish the smart decisions. Like my first the first house that I lived in was it was a it was a modern loft up in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. which I could have bought for like. I remember, I think it was on the market for like 168. Mm-hmm. It was a two bedroom. It was high, 10, 10, um, 10 feet ceilings, you know, 10 foot ceilings. Um, this 2014? Yeah, this, yeah, 2014. Yeah. And it was in the middle of the city. So it was a great location, mm-hmm. great, great it's place to buy. Pictures. Yeah, great place to buy, buy and then rent it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, but I wasn't thinking like that. So I just rented it out, left. And then when I went to, um, uh, my next year when I went to to uh, Foxborough, 
I moved into Foxborough where I still regret this to the day, to, to this very day. Moved to Foxborough, and I'm a people person, so I always get cool with people. So I met the guy who was building the subdivision, the townhomes, mm-hmm. right next to the stadium. Got real cool with him, spoke to him on a daily basis. He was gonna be basically like my mentor. Mm-hmm. Like I was just cool with him because I was I was interested in him, but I ain't inter- I wasn't really like taking in what he was giving mm-hmm. me. So I remember at this time he did a uh right to own mm-hmm. with me. It was a three hundred thousand dollar townhome, twenty eight hundred square feet, big rooms. Mm-hmm. It was the biggest townhome in that subdivision, but the subdivision wasn't even finished yet. Me and him was talking and he had an apartment complex on the other side of that subdivision. Mm-hmm. So I wound up, um, before Airbnb was even Airbnb like that, I wound up getting an apartment. The mother of my kids, she made the suggestion. Wound up getting a crazy, wound up getting an apartment right next to the stadium, across from the um, from the, from my subdivision and created this whole um, Patriot experience. Like mm-hmm. everything in there was decorated, nothing but Patriots. So what we would do, we partnered up with Airbnb mm-hmm. and it was th- this one, Airbnb was doing Airbnb experiences. Yeah. I don't know if everybody mm-hmm. remember back then that they was doing experiences. Mm-hmm. So partnered up with them and started having people come to the games, stay, stay, stay in the house. house. If they if they paid a certain amount, I would take them, come back to the, go to the game, yeah. meet them after the game. Like so doing, bro, thing. doing all this stuff. Like she, yeah. it's crazy she was doing all this before I even, like I didn't even understand what I was doing. At the same time, you leveraging it though, bro. I, but I didn't understand, and I didn't like it. Yeah, I hated it. You know what I mean? I hated it because I had to adhere to people so and thinking like, outside of it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So at the same time, the the dude, um, I don't know if it was Robert or Greg, one of them. I I, I don't know his name was, but the the dude who was building the subdivision that was living in his house. He was he was he wanted to go into business with me to build these other to build the rest of the subdivisions. Mm-hmm. That subdivision now today, uh, it's worth and, a that's where literally any anybody who plays for the Patriots goes there. Stay there. Stay there. Yeah. I never even bought the house <laughs> because I was so because I was emotionally invested in the in a negative way there mm-hmm. with the Patriots. So I wanted nothing to do to with do it. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so funny though, Dominique, like the stories of, about all of us of how we get started, like you you just fall into things, right? People, sometimes opportunities get put in front of you and you may not even know it's yeah. an opportunity at that moment. Exactly. But you look back and you're like, that, that could have changed the trajectory or maybe that did change the trajectory yeah. of your whole life or your career or your investing experience. It's just funny how those things just kind of get put in place. And kudos to the mom of your children. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. You probably could have done that with 10 or 12 of those apartments. Seriously. And you would have filled them every weekend. Yeah. Especially with a Patriots player. Exactly. I mean, but I, I always say, right, things happen for you. At that point in time, I don't think if, if I would adhere to that a little bit, I don't think I was mentally ready, like, ready to take on something like that. I think I would have been a different person as my and that's, that's, it's, it's big you just say that because I'm a firm believer in that too like mentally you gotta be there yeah like you gotta be ready people, you, you talking yeah, about it yeah like people can say a bunch of different things like we can say have the same conversation 10 different times exactly like, but if I'm not here mentally like focusing on what what you're saying to me and mm-hmm. actually listening like it does no good right yeah. and so it's always the thing about the show really kind of the other game is we're trying to we want to be able to meet people where they're at in a sense. Mm-hmm. Right? And so 
sharing stories like that, those experiences, just like that's the that's the goal is to have this where, nah, man, like I, I get it, like I understand where you're coming from, I, I get it, like been there, been out of shoes, but if you're able to lock in just a little mm-hmm. bit mentally right here and listen to you know be some of these some of this stuff that's going on, be open to it, mm-hmm. be open to learning and listen, you know it can it can help you, you yeah. know, and that's that's really the main thing. So no, nah, that's 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 huge, that, that for sure. That's nah, it, it was definitely. I don't. I don't think I was ready to be able to have all of that. I think I was. But it's also. It's not surprising, right? You grew up in an environment that wasn't. No one was. Healthy. No one's got their arm around you saying, yeah. "Hey, you're about to make a check that if you make good decisions today, you're good the rest of your mm-hmm. life." And without that, I, you know, I, I love the quote: "You got to see it to be it." Right. Yeah. So if you have a mentor or somebody who mom, dad, friend, cousin, developer outside the stadium, yeah. somebody who's like, "Oh, I want to do what he's doing," or mm-hmm. she. And then you got something to follow. But if it's a path, and this is all foreign to you, it's hard. Exactly. It's hard to see. And that's I, to out to your point with this this whole show, right? It's mm-hmm. to allow people to see what everybody else went through. Your story is no different than guys coming out of right now. Right? Exactly. Getting drafted, maybe they got NL money. Mm-hmm. They're coming out and they don't know. You know, there's kids from maybe not too many kids from Staten Island coming out to draft the NFL, but. You know, there's kids from new to Georgia who are going to play someday in a league that if they can hear this and it makes a little, Alex, your point, opens their ears just a little, a little bit. bit. Just a little bit. It's huge. But it, 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 huge. And at a, being, I say this, right? When you're that age, mm. you listen to people that show you loyalty, especially to where you're coming from, right? Mm-hmm. If you're coming from a place where we come from, it's like you, you're you open to hearing people, one, that you can relate to, mm-hmm. two, People that it's been successful, because right when you when you think about it as a kid, you really only believe what you see. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like There's nothing like, else. If I see if I see you making money this way, I'm gonna believe that you know how to do it. So I'm also gonna be open. But man, that's kind of as an adult too. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. So <laughs> and it's just like like it's and then people who close to you, people who you know who love you. You know what I mean. So it's just like being able to have that person because you said mentor it's as a kid you need a mentor and you also need a guide mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's just, i didn't i i didn't have i didn't have that yeah you know i could have but i wasn't receptive to it as well you know? was there a point in your career where that changed when when you saw kind of writing on the wall saying hey there's less time in front of me than there is behind me right i got less time in the league i got less earning power was there a point where you said all right, I got to be serious about this, or did that not happen until you retired? Because you talked about real estate three yeah. years ago. When, uh, when did you retire? Um, 19, 2019 was my last year. Okay. Um, uh, I, I was, I mean, I, I would say definitely, it was different phases as far as like financially understanding like how to, how to make money doing what I want to do and something that I want to learn about and gain knowledge about. Yeah, it really didn't come to after the league. Um, I think it was um, like I, I was changing at different points in the league, but I think it was more so like I had to work on me, my personality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I feel like, and that's that's why I say I don't think I deserve that type of um, success when it comes to like uh, outside investments mm-hmm. in the league at that time point, because I don't think me as a person was ready to receive something like mm-hmm. that. 
You know, so at the, in the league, I think I was uh, evolving as a person. Like my first year on the Patriots, I was not the person that you wanted to be around. You know what I mean? Like I was always fighting with somebody. I was always like, I always had my guard up. Mm-hmm. My second year, I realized, okay, had to play the game, but I was still not trusting people. I was trying to find myself spiritually. Um, when I came to the Rams, I kind of became happy, you know, as a person. So, out. Yeah, like for real. Like, we had, like, we, yeah, we, yeah, we had, like had crazy. Fun. We had crazy. Fun. Yeah, yeah, like it was like I used to love going to work. Yeah. I will tell you this: 2016, we was terrible as a <laughs> as a, as a, as a record. Four and twelve <laughs> as a record, but I tell you, like that was the best year mm-hmm. of like my adulthood. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? To to I can't say to today, but like playing football, that was my best year playing football. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because not not because of the game, but the people who we was around. Like, I used to Chris. love, yeah. <laughs> that team was ridiculous. Like, it was so much fun. Everybody, even though we, we was trash. Like, yeah. We was trash in terms of our record, but like, just, but we worked. Yeah. We, we was in every game. You know? Yeah. yeah. Probably lost every game, probably like by three or four points mm-hmm. in that most, right? But, I see this dude one time. <laughs> That's a quick story of the game. <laughs> Playing the Saints. <laughs> This dude, he D-lined right, he got his hand in the ground. I swear, Chris. I'm standing behind him, right? Like, I think they didn't bother run. I think they about to run a sneak yeah, or something. Man, this joke was jump. He just jumped. Oh, yeah, over the car. <laughs> he just jumped over the car. And he laughing like he's doing right there. In the middle of the play. He's like, dude,
I would tell myself, go get help and every check, make sure you buy a property. <laughs> Not every for real, check, bro. This is for real. <laughs> Literally, every check, we could have went and bought a property. But the thing is, though, I'm telling you, I'm like, bro, when you in the league, you in the NFL, and you go to these banks or whatever, but they going to say okay. Exactly. And leverage. I just yeah. like that. Like, no questions asked. Understand you're saying out when you have a contract. When you have a contract. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you obviously need a contract. You can't just be like, yeah. I was in the NFL right, last right. year. Yeah. <laughs> I got active income. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I got active income. In future. Like, it's yeah. your contracts, too. Yeah. Like, like you used to, you could literally go to the bank with your contract and say, I got future income and get a big-ass credit yeah. limit. Leverage is the most, right? I mean, Leverage as a tool is why rich people get richer. Well, you gotta be smart about what you gotta yeah. have a plan. You gotta understand what you're getting yourself into. But leverage can be the key, yeah. or it can be the knife. Yeah. Exactly, it is a hugely powerful tool, but it can crush you. Equally. I mean, it's literally the the creator of economics and the end and the destruction. Yeah, mm. it is. To your point, you gotta like when we talk about it in self-storage we, we buy management one self-storage properties mm-hmm. how we lose money is leverage right the, the yeah. bank can kill you yeah. yeah you know and and that's where people get in trouble is you over lever when times are good yeah. and right now times are dicey <laughs> warren buffett says it all the time right when the tide goes out you see who's swimming naked exactly and right now the tide is out you and, see and there's a lot of bare asses running around bare ass yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta fight yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important though, Dominique, like what you said is the foundation of you first. Mm -hmm. Financial second, right? I mean, if if you're not okay, it doesn't matter how much money you got. If if you're not okay, you're going to wind up losing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to make you happy. Exactly. I mean, that's the piece that I think we all kind of realize, especially as we get older, is when you're fortunate enough to make some. Doesn't make you happy. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nah, it's it's how you spend it with the other people. Cause oh, I always tell people, right? No matter if you got a hundred million or if you got a dollar, at the end of the day, we all gonna die right here. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that we all left with is our happiness. Mm-hmm. That's the last little thing that you got before you before your eyes close. That's the last feeling that you're gonna be able to because it's all a feeling. Mm-hmm. It's how you feel, whether you happy. Cause internally, you can't fight that when you're going. You know what I mean? You can't sit there and put a smile on your face. You can't do that no more. You're going to actually feel your last feeling. And what does that mean to you? So that's what I just always live with. Like, what is that going to mean to me? And that's the only thing I deal with. That's the only only thing I deal with. There's a great book called Die With Zero. And the idea is essentially spend all your money creating that happiness for you and for others. Mm -hmm. So when you die, you get zero. Because you don't need it anymore. Nope. I mean... Can't little, take it with you. Can't take it with you. A little yeah. bit of hyperbole, but that's the idea, right? Yeah. Is you're spending money to create experiences for you and for the people you love. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So on your deathbed, nobody's going to care how much money you got. I don't. There's a guy that, that I talk to a lot who talks about, you want a resume or a eulogy? He's mm-hmm. like, you know, do you want to work on building up a great resume? Mm-hmm. He's like, but what are they going to say when you're dead? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You want somebody's, you know, you got a line of people standing up to say what an incredible impact you had on their lives. You know, when you were alive. And you know, it certainly puts it in perspective. Yeah, no, it definitely does. It definitely does. So so how did you think about finishing or as you retired, what's next? Um, so right do you, do you have enough money to live the rest of your life and never do anything ever again? Um, I would never say yeah. 
I feel that. Like, yeah, I would never. I would never feel comfortable. They can enough. always be gone. Man. Yeah, like I. Yeah, I would never feel like I'm comfortable. Never. Um. I, I yeah. I just. I don't. When now, as I retired, now I'm heavily. I'm heavily into real estate. So, I just got my real estate license. I moved out here in August. I got it in March. I do commercial real estate. On the brokerage um, side? Yeah, on the brokerage side. I fix and flip um, brownstones. My first investment was brown. First real estate active um, investment was browns- a brownstone in New York. So I do it in Bushwick. So I fix and flip brownstones in New York and Bushwick in Brooklyn. Um, now you do that on your own? Or you got partners up there? Or? No, yeah. So I, I got partners. So that's more so passive income. Okay. That's more so passive. I'm not like hands on. So walk and, us through like what, what's one of those projects look like when, um, so you got a partner who's probably doing the work. Yeah. So, so I gotta, I gotta, he, he's, he's been, I will give Gio his flowers. Um, his name is Giovanni. So he's been working at this, uh, for a long time. He started, he started, uh, Selling the Carlisle. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Carlisle Group. Sure. Yeah. He started or selling. Monster. Yeah, exactly. He started uh, selling. For those of you guys don't know, that's a big private equity real estate group. It's uh, the biggest private equity real estate group. Yeah, I think Blackstone right is, but oh. they, they have hundreds of billions of dollars under management. They're they're a monster in yeah. the private equity space. Yeah. So he um he started selling their buildings. He sold about seventy of them. Then he started superintending their buildings. Then he has about like a hundred and twenty doors. Okay. Um. So 2019 is when he's like, he was just like, I see what's going on. Why can't I do this myself? So he started fixing it. He started fixing and flipping. So he had take a three family at that point in time, the call out group one, just changed it to six families. Okay. So he had take them, fix and flip them, turn three family, either keep three families of three or change them to three <coughs> or six. Okay. So, um, this is in Brooklyn. Yeah, this is all in, all in Brooklyn, all in Brooklyn. Um, because the Carlisle put like a good five hundred million into Brooklyn, mm-hmm. where they just yeah, gentrifying the whole place. Exactly. Um, so we'll go in there, just shoot some numbers. We'll go in there, buy out like one three six hundred for construction. They also like they have investors, but the ones that I usually go in on is just that's right. Yeah. Huh. Good for you. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. No, I appreciate. All it. right. So you got you got that going in the background. You're turning your money with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, so this is going to be my second. This is going to be my second investment. So um, we just finished on the first one. Uh, we started in January. We was done by June. We're just finishing this one uh, permit for the sprinkler system because the city is just going, just doing something stupid. It's never easy. Yeah. So um, then we just put another, we just put another little lump sum of money into another project. Same, same deal. Yeah. Either flip the brown something. <clears throat> huh. Yeah. So that's that's like more the passive. Now, while I'm out here, um, I just partnered up with it's my good friend Hunter. He's a contractor, so he has he's been run, he's been a contractor for about six years. Um, he does single family homes, single family residentials. Uh, he has a mold. He started out with a mold and restoration company, and he has a window company along with just like his construction. Yeah. So, um, so they do. I met him, and then I also met um, Jim. And he's more like the investor. He's a wholesaler as well. Okay. So them two been dealing with each other for about a year, mm-hmm. and they've already flipped with each other twenty homes. Mm-hmm. Um, he Jim mostly also, here in the Atlanta area. Yeah, yeah, all in the yeah, all in Atlanta area. Um, well, some here in the Atlanta area, out in the Cherokee area. Um, that's more so like Woodstock, Canton, yeah. 
up there. Um, so, and he also does pad splits. I don't know if you guys yes. are too familiar with pad splits. Pad you splits. Know that is, is, I do not. So, pad splits is basically um, room and boards. Mm-hmm. So you just literally rent them by the room, but mm-hmm. there's, it has to be a certain uh, has to be a certain uh, rooms it has to be certain rooms. So it can be f- to every four rooms. It has to be a bathroom. It can't be no. Um, lounging areas okay so you so you literally have to build it a certain way yeah and put up walls it's basically putting up common walls right mm-hmm. they're, they're taking single family houses mm-hmm. so it might be like a four bed two and a half bath mm-hmm. and they'll make it eight bed four baths yeah small mm-hmm. rooms 80 square feet 100 square feet so but it's it's the difference between someone class c housing yeah. mm-hmm. right they can't maybe can't afford an apartment mm-hmm. and it's like they just split the house into a whole bunch of different rooms and it's like a boarding house. Yeah. And there's some guys doing some interesting stuff. So if, if, if I can help at all there, I have a buddy who I think has 140 doors of pad split units. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I definitely want to, yeah, yeah, definitely want to get careful. Yeah, no, no, I know, no, so it's, he, a, it's a weird, it's a, the, the interesting <laughs> part about it, right, is there's no zoning for it. Mm-hmm. And so the municipalities don't, there's not a, 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 it's a very gray area. So yeah. you know how like with Airbnb, there's been a few cities like Dallas just shut down Airbnb. Yep. New York City just shut yeah, down yeah, Airbnb, Airbnb, right? Yep. So now all those guys who bought for that investment have this place that they can't get the same prices exactly. anymore. And with pad split, the fear is mm-hmm. once the municipalities figure out like what's happening. See, and the good thing, and, and, and that's the thing that I like about him because those are the same questions for me, right? Yeah. That I had for him because I see a lot. I learned, I didn't know pad splits was pad splits, but yeah. I grew up around passports. New York, yeah. that's all they do is just rent out rooms. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I've seen those. And what I like about what he's doing, he's keeping them more on the countryside. Mm-hmm. So he's keeping them around. Well, like less, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like the, exactly. So it's that. And then it like it's, still, anyway. it's yeah. still it's still where like those, you got big families that live out there. You know what I mean? Um, you have they got no um, other choice. transport. You got transportation that lives like people can walk. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not... The, the demographics in the in the uh, in the areas that he's going into are interesting, but I haven't personally did a pass split with him yet. Mm-hmm. But this that's what he does along with the um, single family homes. So I um, here in Atlanta, like I said, I'm I'm going to get into my first. I haven't got. We're supposed to close uh, this Wednesday on a fire damaged property, but the appraisal came back too low, so we had to just squash it. Mm. Um, so I'm planning on doing my first actual property where I'm gonna be actually getting into the weeds and things going there and actually, cause I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and work for my contractor so I can learn how to start doing this stuff myself. Mm. Like I start work on Monday, so I'm excited. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna start learning how to build homes and do all that stuff. Do you think myself. it lasts for longer than four days? Without a doubt, <laughs> without, without a doubt, because the first, the, the interesting part about me is that, like, when I had moved to Jersey, yeah. I lived in the country. Yeah. I lived in the country, and my neighbor, he was a landscaper. I went and worked with him for about a month. Like I was, I was raking leaves, yeah. picking up, cutting trees, yeah. doing mulch, and yeah, I loved country it. Country life, yeah, bro, I loved it. You I, like, come on and do it, yeah, bro. Bro, I know I do all of that. Yeah. I put up my own fence, I build my own tables, I do all that. I, I like doing that type yeah. of stuff. So I want to. When I, my goal is to become a developer, subdivisions, mixed use property, mm-hmm. mixed use buildings, and um, I like I I would, I would like to get into the to the industrial side, but I'm not really tripping. I just really want to do uh, subdivisions and mixed use buildings. You know? Let me ask you a question. So you, you talked about something I think that's super important is finding great partners, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Giovanni, yeah. 
What's what's the contractor's name here? Uh, Hunter, Hunter and Jim is here. Yeah, so Hunter and Jim here in Atlanta. What what advice do you give people so that you don't get your car stolen again? Right, like how do you find the partners? Doubt. Like what are the things that that you look at and you've seen maybe other guys get burned with over the years too? Um, if how how I judge people now, and this is one of the the most I'm not gonna lie, the peacefulest ways I've been living my life. If I can't leave you in my home with my children. I do not want to do business with you. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do business with you. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I won't say. Like I said, I'll never be comfortable enough. But there is a certain part of my life where I don't have to work again. You know what I mean? So I don't have to work to the point where I'm forcing myself to go to work with somebody I don't want to work with. Mm-hmm. You know? Is is there is your financial advisor that you have today? Mm-hmm. Is that part of this plan? Like when he looks at what you're doing on the side, is he saying, all right, look, I got this chunk of money. Yep. And I know, like we talked to a couple of guys where, um, I don't remember who it was. Was it Andrew? Oh, Andrew. Andrew, where he said, my number's $5 million. Yeah. Like I want to get $5 million where my financial advisor is working with that and he can cook off enough income for me where I can be comfortable. And then the other money I can take and try some other stuff yeah. with. Is that kind of how you're thinking about it? You have a chunk with him or her that is safe and you're kind of taking some of the other dollars and moving it into some of these alternative opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, the chunk of it is is long-term, right? And I have a chunk where I'm playing with in my real estate. Then I also have a chunk where I'm playing with, with more so short-term investments. Okay. You know what I mean? But I have my life taken care of. Yep. Mm-hmm. My everyday bills, that's already being taken care got of. Got it. You know what I mean? These, these are... If I lose, I lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I got space. But you're still buying groceries. Yeah. Come to lose. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, everybody going to lose at some point. You know what I mean? But how you lose is is a different way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, So it's it's definitely important. And this is what I try to even, like, people around me um, that that wasn't able to have. Because I've had enough experiences. Not enough. I've had a lot of experiences to the point where, like, I know these things I'm not going to do again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I won't be selling my houses because of emotional decisions. I won't be doing certain things because of, you know, so. Comes with maturity. Exactly. Um, comes with maturity and experiences, you know, mm-hmm. and recognizing your experiences. So I just always try to let people know, like, yo, you take care of your life and then you start building from there. Because you can't, like, you never, if you're not here, if you're not safe here, or if you're not happy here, you're never going to be able to get happy there. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I agree. Nah, man, um, you know, I guess just kind of one of my final questions I would ask is what what is something that you would tell, you know, somebody like us growing up, you know, how we did and that's made it to the league, you know, because really, like I said, with the, the NIL stuff, the how to lead, not how yeah. to lead work, just kind of audit. Like, what are, what is something that you would, you know, tell somebody that's younger than you, or I mean, whoever, anybody can use it. Um, I would say, right, if, if, if I can, if there's a kid out there who has, who has a, a passion for football, who's playing football, the same way that you have a passion for football, the same way you have a favorite person. Mm-hmm. That does football. That that's your favorite football player, right? Understand why is that your favorite football player? Do the same thing when it comes to life. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Find that favorite person in life. See, see the life that you want to mimic and that you can be able to, you know, create your own mm-hmm. and stick yourself under them the same way. Like if you find a football player, if you find, if you can be next to your favorite football player and work out with him every day, you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Do the same thing. So the kids that you do in high school. Exactly. Coattail. You call it coattail. Yeah, exactly. Because what you do, you mitigate your mistakes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That was, that was big. That's yeah. A lot of people don't do that. Mm-hmm. They don't seek that help or look for somebody else. Yeah, it's like, bro. It's find somebody yourself. that's been through it. You exactly. Know, going through it, whatever. And, and be up under them. Like, really. <laughs> and learn. Yeah, humble yourself and yeah. realize, like, you are the student and be the student. Mm-hmm. Your role. I think the thing, too, is those people want to teach. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Who doesn't want to talk about themselves? Hey. Right? Exactly. been successful at a thing, football. Mm-hmm. Contracting landscaper, developer, those guys want to yeah, tell you exactly because that's that's their whole story. Yeah, and they, they want to pass that knowledge along, just like Alec. You want to pass that knowledge along your your son growing up football. Like if he comes, if he wants to play football, you're gonna you're gonna have that passion for it. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good wisdom. Yeah, that's a good way to go out. I think, Dominique. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. No, I that, appreciate it. That I appreciate you taking the time and being vulnerable with the stories because you know there, there's a lot of wisdom in your journey. Yeah. And I know it's still going on. You're still yeah, young. Yeah. But, <laughs> I got a long life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to go to sleep. Man. Yeah, that's the way I got to get him to sleep. We about that the interview. Figure yeah. out how to get him to sleep off. Well. Thank you. Sleep. Appreciate no, it. Pre- thank you for having me. Thank yes, you for having me. Appreciate it. Most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, take right, this thing out. Oh, I forgot to mention the Super Bowl. I didn't even get an right introductory. I thought I was a Super Bowl champion. I don't know if you noticed in the interview. He's I feel like you can't put it over here. I wasn't going to say it there, but, you know. Nah, man. Congrats on that. Nah, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. That's a big accomplishment. Sure, sir. Thank you, Dominique. Appreciate it. Thank you, Thank you for joining us on Beyond the Game. Please like, comment, and subscribe on all platforms. It really helps others find the show. And a special shout out to Open Heart Media who helps with the production. Check them out at openheartmediaco.com.